0: Today we have the distinct honor of hosting a luminary in the field, Jackie Scully, a seasoned educator and the brilliant mind behind the book that's been making waves, The Guided Teacher. In the ever-evolving world of education, it's crucial to have voices that not only understand the nuances of teaching, but also illuminate the path forward. Jackie Scully does just that. With a career dedicated to molding the minds of tomorrow and a pen that articulates the wisdom accumulated over the years, she's a force to be reckoned with. The Guided Teacher isn't just a book. It's a roadmap for educators seeking innovation, effectiveness, and a deep connection with their students. In today's episode, we'll unravel the layers of Jackie's insights, drawing from her wealth of experiences, and the passion that fuels her commitment to transformative teaching practices. So, whether you're an educator, a lifelong learner, or simply curious about the future of education, you're in for a treat. Join us as we explore the pages of the guided teacher and tap into the profound wisdom of our esteemed guest, Jackie Scully. Welcome to the Teacher Rockstar podcast, the podcast that's dedicated to providing valuable insights, practical tips, and proven strategies to equip new teachers for success. I'm your host, Steve Hiles, and in today's episode, we're going to be discussing Jackie Scully's book, The Guided Teacher. And now I'd like to take a moment to share a little bit about today's special guest. Jackie Scully, who holds a master's degree in education, is an accomplished history and psychology teacher recognized for her dedication to education. As the creator and host of the teacher story, she skillfully shares her personal journey and conducts insightful interviews with fellow educators. Her vision is clear to amplify the voices of teachers and education professionals, positioning them as catalysts for meaningful reform within the education landscape. Beyond her podcast, Jackie is also the co-founder of The Teacher Circle, a thriving LinkedIn group that fosters a global community dedicated to supporting educators and all stakeholders in the field of education. Her unwavering commitment centers on principles of dignity, freedom, joy, and community. She is also a self-published author of The Guided Teacher, which is an autobiographical story focused on her life as a student, various teaching roles, and ideas for the future of education. With a mission to promote dignity in education for all, Jackie Scully is a driving force in the pursuit of a brighter future for learners and educators alike. Jackie's mission is to shift the education system alongside stakeholders from all backgrounds to focus on nurturing the whole human. The factory-style system no longer works and probably never really worked, and now is the time to truly create a holistic education system. Jackie stands for dignity, freedom, joy, and community for herself and all others. She continues to advocate for those values in the education system. Welcome to the show, Jackie.
1: Thank you so much, Steve, for having me on your show, and what a beautiful introduction. I am so grateful to be here with you today. I could share a little bit about my background before we get into your questions.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I would like you to go ahead and tell our audience uh, about your journey in education.
1: Sure. Well, it started with my background with my dad. My dad always loved to talk about history and geography, so when I thought about A career, I always loved working with kids. And I knew I wanted to teach maybe teenagers because I loved the social sciences. So I went into teaching and I graduated in 2004. And I got the wonderful opportunity to teach in Hawaii, one of my first full time positions. So I traveled from Pennsylvania to Hawaii by myself, packed three bags and just (laughs) one way ticket and went for five years. I taught there and probably would have been there. For I don't know, a good portion of my life. But then the recession hit, and Hawaii is expensive. Mm -hmm. So I ended up back in Pennsylvania. And through that journey, it was very difficult to get a job in the public school system, especially because so many new teachers were coming out of school. And with the recession, there were very limited positions and a lot of part-time positions. So I pivoted and went to independent school. I thought there I also could have a more of a kind of unique approach to teaching, maybe more independence, um, not tied to state testing. And that was what's great for me. I loved it. It was a great opportunity to teach in in an all-girls Catholic school in Delaware. And then I moved to New Jersey when I got married and I'm at my current school now, which is a Quaker school, uh, another independent school, giving me lots of opportunities to travel abroad with students and lead trips. Um, I also had the opportunity to Teach in China in a summer camp when I was a Model UN moderator. And I connected with other teachers who did Model UN, and they told me about these great opportunities for the summer. So I've had quite a journey. And then through the pandemic, I saw a lot of teachers leaving and wanting to leave the profession. And it broke my heart. And I felt, you know, I think there needs to be a space for educators to share their passion, their story, their journey their, you know, concerns and frustrations, but also their ideas and have them really be the leaders in education reform. So that's why I created the Teacher Story podcast in 2022. And Fantastic. it's been a journey. I've been meeting teachers from all over the world, and this is how we've connected. And it's really been a part of community for me, more than just a podcast. I'm
0: sure you feel the same way. Absolutely. Your, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for sharing. You know, i really am anxious to get in the book here. Uh, Jackie, could you um, explain? And, you know, based, I know a lot of new teachers out there are going to get so much value from what you say here. Uh, but can you tell me the, the, the central theme? What central theme do you explore in your book, The Guided Teacher? You know, and how do you approach the theme to provide valuable insights for educators?
1: Yeah, great question. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very personal story. So it's My personal journey with also my professional journey kind of weaved in together. Mm -hmm. And I would say a central theme is about truth and finding yourself and finding your voice throughout the different areas of your educational experience, whether that be when you're a student, and then when you're a teacher, and in other roles in education. So it's an exploratory journey of that truth and and unlocking that inner truth inside of you and really wanting to be authentic and compassionate. I find that a lot of times in education, it could be very ego-driven or egocentric. Mm -hmm. I don't think all educators come from that place at all, but maybe that's how students will see us, or it can be very easy to have your ego bruised if you feel like, I don't know all the answers, whatever that may be. And uh, a theme there too is that it's really a profession about the heart, you know, and connecting with people. It's a very, very human centric Mm -hmm. profession. And that's why I love it. And so it's a journey through my various stages of life of finding that truth and finding that compassion and always coming back to really why am I doing this and what really matters is connecting with young people, you know, and and creating something really special um, while we have this time together. And that kind of leads to the end where I really see what we can do to change education and bring it back to the heart mm-hmm. and maybe away from the ego.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I have to ask you this. Uh, can you speak to the practical strategies that you present in The Guided Teacher to help teachers enhance their own effectiveness in the classroom?
1: Yeah, there's one particular part in a chapter about my time in Hawaii where I write it in a series of diary entries. And actually the whole book kind of reads like a diary entry, mm-hmm. so you'll get to know me very personally. <laughs> um, but I wanted to get to the heart of what it means like to be a teacher, because I think it can connect with a lot of other people in and out of the profession. But the strategies I talk about, especially in my time as a very young teacher in Hawaii, is that I had a moment where I wasn't connecting with kids. I was Mm -hmm. from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I was teaching Pacific Islanders from all over the Pacific, and I didn't know them, and they weren't responding to me. And so in like a diary entry format, and I provide a lesson that I did where I stopped the curriculum I decided to have a reflective period for a couple of lessons where we got to know each other and our culture and our background and also work on those interpersonal skills. So there was a lot of like social emotional learning within those lessons that I kind of weaved in, not knowing what SEL was at the time. This was 2006 (laughs) and I was a new teacher. But I worked alongside my counselor to provide these lessons for the students. And it dramatically changed the classroom culture. So I would say there's a lot of practical strategies about classroom culture, SEL, working with other colleagues in your school. It's not just about in your department, but like I worked with the counselor when I really was struggling to connect with these students because ultimately you can't teach students really anything if you don't understand who they are, like you have to get to know them and they have to see that you care and respect them because they look up to you. They look Mm -hmm. up to you and they don't just see us as these like robots who are teaching a subject. I mean, otherwise we could just have AI take over right now. That's right. (laughs) Right? So you you have to have that connection. And so that's one part. And then at the end of my book, I talk about community a lot. I talk about connection with community and I have a curriculum at the end that's in kind of after the story called Connected Consciousness. And it's all about how we can work with our kids to tap into their inner strength and their inner gifts and then being able to share that in like a project-based type of lesson where maybe they build their own like nonprofit or community service project, or it could even be like a business where they're providing service to their community. Because I, I do believe that kids can be doing much more outside the classroom and getting involved in their communities. And when they see the power of what they can do with their own hands already in their community, then they feel like they're equipped to be an adult and actually like make a difference um, yes. instead of just keeping it in the classroom. So there are some real practical pieces and lessons there. I also have some practical strategies for teachers to take care of themselves. Wellness is important.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. As a follow-on to this, uh, Jackie, how does the book contribute to professional development now in education?
1: I would say the piece that I would like to really promote in professional Mm -hmm. development is what I was sharing about this curriculum, which again, it's just like a general outline that I want to kinda write in detail um in this next year. Mm-hmm. And about I have a series of six units and then I have a sample lesson so that it's very practical to look at and see how this would be fitting into like an advisory program. So my um kind of professional development that I could offer to teachers or schools is that if you don't already have an advisory program, say, and I'm I'm in the high school, so I'm mostly working with middle and high school teachers in schools would be to create some kind of space for that where you could have a class that meets once a week, maybe twice a week for, could be 40 minutes, an hour, and you could follow this um, curriculum throughout the school year. And by the spring, you really have students then actually working on those projects and getting out in the community. And I scaffold it by unit one is tapping into, the students tapping into their who they are and their passion and their inner strengths. They do like a strengths finder evaluation. And then they go through interpersonal skills, working on collaborating with their peers to then uh, exploring actually like, what is something that I would want to create in my community? And what is the needs in my community? What right. would people want in like a community service project or a nonprofit? So they're doing some research. So there's a lot of different skills that the students can do. And so- It's also looking at interdisciplinary project-based learning because you don't have to just put everything in math, science, history, but with say within like this type of curriculum, you are doing literacy skills, you are doing the research-based skills, you're probably going to use math skills, especially when you're looking at statistics if you're doing Mm -hmm. research in the community, economics if you need to do budgeting and funding for your project, it could have science elements depending on if you're looking at environmental factors. So there's so much you can do where I keep it pretty broad where it could fit into, it could actually fit into a curriculum in a class, like a psychology class, or maybe even an interdisciplinary project in, say, you have a joint like literacy, historical kind of skills class or something like that. So that's something I see as professional development. Well, that's
0: great. So in other words, You're mainly, like you said, middle and high school. This could be even taken down to elementary, obviously, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Good. Super. You know, I have to ask you, you know, in the guided teacher, how do you address the evolving challenges in modern education and, you know, what innovative solutions or perspectives do you offer educators seeking to adapt to the changing educational landscape? Now, I know you alluded to your curriculum and everything, but is there an additional you can speak to on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Another part of my curriculum is I offer a sample, again, based on middle and high school, because that's where I've spent my expertise Mm -hmm. and background, is a sample schedule that could be adjusted to pretty much any school, like public school, private, and I think a challenge, a major challenge, this is my passion, is the schedule because the schools are very much packed and teachers don't have a lot of time. You talk to any teacher, they're going to tell you, I don't have enough time mm-hmm. to plan, to grade, to have you know uh, these long project-based lessons that take time and research to put together, but I don't have time to do it. I don't have maybe the time to meet with other colleagues who want to do it collaboratively. So I think there needs to be the solution of thinking more creatively about how we can tweak the schedule. And it doesn't have to be drastic. You can still have within the day subjects that students go to. So they're getting a foundational background and knowledge in math and English, history, science, what have you. But then there's also some flex time in projects that they could work on with an advisor or a teacher mentor that maybe has the expertise or background in a particular area. Like we have a capstone project at my current school, but there's no time built in the day. They have to meet with their advisor during lunch or after school. It's all out of the regular contract time, which again, teachers are pressed with time. Mm -hmm. So the schedule I offer for like, again, a middle or high school level I think that's where it's most of a pressing challenge and not so much in like the lower school. Mm -hmm. But I would say lower school or elementary school teachers don't have a lot of free time because they're usually with their students all day long besides when they go to a special. Mm -hmm. So there could be some creative planning there as well. But I have max two to three subjects that students would go to a day. I think that's enough. Right now, currently in many schools, like our school is six subjects in a day, six classes. And most schools are, that's a minimum. Some Mm -hmm. are eight, eight blocks or eight classes that students are just shuffling, going back into this like kind of conveyor belt feeling instead of like, let's spend some time, like at least an hour or two actually working on something and giving more time for students to do practice and like homework. At school and so they're not doing all this work at home where they're stressed out and don't have a lot of time
0: absolutely I agree yeah
1: that's a big area I focus on
0: yeah it is yeah it is well let me ask you this uh, Jackie what has been uh, the initial feedback or the reception of the guided teacher your book in terms of educators and readers
1: thank you I had a pretty good launch in October, 2023, when it came out. Mm -hmm. And first it was mostly friends and family, but then a lot of educators that I've connected with on LinkedIn that I've had either on my podcast or I'm just in in other circles. And a lot of the feedback and reviews that I've received is, it's a refreshing book because it's not just a um, instruction book. It's not just about pedagogy, Mm -hmm. but it gets to the heart of what it's like to actually be in this profession. And there's many teachers who said there were parts where they were just feeling so seen and heard because they have lived that experience as well. I've also had people outside the profession, which to me, that's even more impactful because if we can get more stakeholders and people on the outside of education wanting to even care about Education and what we can do to change it. That's powerful right there. And I've had people that know nothing about what it's like to be in uh, this profession. And they were shocked, (laughs) (laughs) shocked (laughs) by the amount of workload and what we go through in a day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
0: chapter
1: I I write on the pandemic was very eye opening. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah. All you hear is, is, well, you got the weekends off and you get out of there (laughs) at three and you have the summers off. But I'll tell you that that's somebody who doesn't really know what teaching is all about, huh?
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. So I got a very different response from people. And so that was important for me to have more people also want to read it because it's really, it's a book that can be really just for anybody. I mean, if you are especially in my age bracket, I am um, what we call the subgroup is Zenial, which is like right on the, the between the Gen X and millennial. So if you're like in your
0: Mm
1: -hmm. 40s, you know, maybe to like early 50s, there's a lot of music references throughout the book. There's a lot of time period references. So even if you're not in this profession, you're like, oh, I remember living through that. (laughs) I mean, I talk about, you know, I talk about Y2K and how we were like, the computers are going to turn yeah. on and everything's going to shut down in 2000. The 2000. world's going to end, huh? <laughs> Yeah. And like 9-11 and mm. the recession and, of course, the pandemic. So it's a very uh, relatable story to just the human experience through the last 40 years. And even just for being a student. So I share my very personal story of what it was like to be a student. And I think- there's a lot of people that can relate to that especially if they grew up in the 80s and 90s um where there was a lot of um struggles (laughs) we didn't talk about mental health (laughs) we didn't talk about anything that really was like SEL, and so it was it was a time period where it's like you just followed the rules you did what you did you didn't even know what your passions were and had to figure it out on your own
0: (laughs) yeah yeah really um well let me ask you this Uh, are there specific aspects of the book that stand out as particularly beneficial or thought provoking for those in the field of education. I know you alluded to to some, is there anything additionally that you can think of? I would
1: say, I mean, it's kind of sprinkled throughout, but especially when you get to um, the part where it's like the end of my chapter two graduating college. And then I had the opportunity to go to Hawaii. I think that's a kind of neat part for especially new teachers to read, because the idea is like, follow your heart and, there are teaching opportunities all over the country and world. You don't need to necessarily stay in your community. Mm -hmm. And like I don't get into it as much. I talk a little bit later on about my time teaching in China, but there are so many international teaching opportunities. So if you're like, I kind of want to travel. I want to experience other cultures. I want to live somewhere else. I want to spread my wings, especially when I'm in my 20s or 30s. That's like A great opportunity to kind of like maybe dive into that part of my story because it allows you to think outside the box a little bit about how broad this profession is and all the opportunities that are out there that -hmm. could be very exciting. And actually, a lot of international teaching positions, they will offer you like a pretty decent salary and your room and boards taken care of and you're like just banking salary. And I know a lot of teachers that have done that and they have really good benefits you got to look into it. Not everywhere does that or not everywhere has decent schools. But I've heard that like from multiple people on my podcast. I've had a lot of international teachers on my podcast and they've mentioned that over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another area too would be very helpful in words like this, the last chapter, when I talk about my own coming to my wellness plan and i have a very specific plan i worked with a holistic life coach and by the time i got to like mid late 30s and i've been in this profession for a while you know you start to realize you need to have a really good wellness routine if you're going to stay in this oh, profession oh absolutely yeah i mean stay in anything but you're giving your heart and soul to children on a daily basis and it's very emotional so you have to give yourself a lot of love and attention. And so you got to fill your cup. So I actually have a very specific kind of, not saying anyone have to plan it like to a T, but I'd go through like almost like an agenda of what I do on kind of a daily, weekly basis. And I also have a message to teachers about stand up for yourself in your school. Don't get dumped on and don't think you have to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you go saying, I don't want to do anything or you know, go complaining or being rude. It's all about how you communicate to your administration. But I've been practicing that for the last two years because I used to be the teacher that did
0: everything. I know. That's not sustainable, is it?
1: And you do it in an appropriate way and then people respect you and then they know what to ask you and you might do it. And then they kind of leave you alone because then they realize when not to ask you certain things because they're like, I know she's got her own things going on. So I think there's some practical tips about actually having work-life balance as much as you can and standing up for yourself and having a voice in your school. I'd really like to help uh, teachers gain their voice. Um, One thing I might be looking at in the future is becoming kind of a teacher, like coach or teacher mentor Mm -hmm. uh, to help those teachers stand up for themselves and use their confidence and voice to say what they need to say to their administration because I really think teachers should be having more leadership in the schools, honestly. They're doing most of the work.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, really. Um, you know, you got me intrigued about where you actually uh, taught in China. Can you just speak to that just, you know, briefly? What was it like mm-hmm. for you there?
1: Oh, that was incredible experience. It was great because I only did it for uh, like two months. It was a summer camp. Uh-huh. And so I didn't have to go away for a year and like you know change jobs like you can again do that if you want to be an international teacher but i liked to this because i liked the school i was at and i did it for like half of a summer and um it was all paid for there was some touring included and then i still had some salary money that i was able like if i didn't spend while i was there i brought i probably brought home like at least five or seven hundred dollars so i still like basically had a free trip to china that included a ton of touring. There was enough time to see places Uh and still brought home money and didn't have to spend like anything else of my own money there. So it was Uh a great opportunity. I taught ESL. So I taught English to like, it was like middle school age children. And I'm not, I don't have an ESL background, but what they would do is you needed an education background. Obviously I'm in the humanities since I'm a history teacher. So I do a lot of speaking and writing Mm -hmm. and reading exercises, Uh but you wanted to, they wanted to have you speak English. So I didn't have to learn Chinese, but of course you picked up Chinese and had that as far as greetings and sayings, but you didn't have to teach in Chinese. You were teaching in English and you had to just be able to speak very clearly and eloquently and create lessons that were engaging and age appropriate and very interactive. They loved the American teachers Mm -hmm. because they had These teaching modalities that were very much about group collaboration, projects, um, activities, hands-on activities, getting up, moving around the classroom, very different than how they teach in China. And the students and the teachers that we worked alongside, the Chinese teachers were wonderful. They were just so loving and caring, so open-minded. They wanted us to share everything. And- they gave you gifts they gave you hugs they cried when we left i mean they were just oh. the most beautiful <laughs> giving people it reminded me of my time in hawaii uh-huh. and it was a great experience because it's nothing like what we think of of china when we just think about like the government or the Edos. geopolitics yeah. today mm-hmm. i got to see it in a very human way and it's a beautiful culture and they are people with really big hearts and their teachers are super dedicated they really care about their kids. Yeah, it was a great cross-cultural exchange. I loved it.
0: All right. Well, uh, Jack, let me ask you this. Uh, what would be your biggest takeaway that you would like to share with our audience?
1: The biggest takeaway would be that you're not alone. You have community. There are tons of communities online. Now that we have access to all this technology like Zoom that we're on and you know, LinkedIn is actually a great place. It's not just a job board. There's tons of teacher communities like I have. I co lead the teacher circle. Please mm-hmm. reach out and find me if you like to find me on LinkedIn and then the teacher circle if you like to join. And there's a lot of support groups. So when you find your community, it makes it so much easier to do this profession. You really can't do it alone. Right. So I would say my biggest takeaway is community and, you know, lean on people and keep using your voice, believing in what you think is right for kids. And you know, if you really genuinely care about this profession and you have your heart is in it, you have a community that will support you. And I'm in that community, Steve's in that community. So yes, that would be my takeaway.
0: Oh, outstanding. Okay, Uh, Jackie, how can folks connect with you?
1: I'm really um, present on LinkedIn. So you can find me Jackie Scully, M-E-D on there. I also have my website, JackieCScully.com, and you can also find me on all the podcast platforms, the Teacher Stories, the podcast on Spotify, Apple, all the platforms, YouTube, and also on Instagram, Facebook, I'm Jackie.c.scully.
0: All right. As a matter of fact, I'll have it linked on my podcast description as well, so folks can reach out to you there as well. Well, great, thank you you're, you're welcome Jackie, I want to thank you so much For you taking time out of your busy schedule To share your expertise with us today I mean, it's been totally awesome And I want to tell you I'd love to have you back again on the show At some point in the future
1: Sure All right. I so love that uh,
0: <laughs> Great So I want you to take care And we will talk soon
1: Thank you, bye
0: Bye-bye Are you a teacher who finds yourself drowning in the challenges of classroom management? Do student behaviors leave you feeling overwhelmed and drained at the end of each day? Picture this, a classroom where your students are not just present, but fully engaged, focused, and eager to learn. Say goodbye to classroom management stress and hello to success. The Teacher Rockstar Academy course is meticulously designed to equip you with the tools and strategies needed to skyrocket your effectiveness as a teacher. Curious to know if the Teacher Rockstar Academy course is the missing piece in your teaching journey? If you're ready to reclaim control of your classroom and witness the incredible impact on your students, then use the link in the podcast description to learn more about this program. Well, we have come to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you joining us on this journey. Be sure to catch us again, same time, same place, next week for more exciting discussions. And always remember, my friend, you got this. The Teacher Rockstar Podcast with your host, Steve Hiles. We hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we have. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and join our growing community of teacher rockstars. Until then, thanks for listening.